Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The second annual Repro Film Festival is upon us. It will be running from August 9th through August 18th. It's the only festival dedicated to exploring women's reproductive health care, awareness, advocacy, and body integrity in America. And we were fortunate enough last year to have with us the co-founders of the film, Layla Meadow, Connor, Mallory Martin, and Debbie Samples. But when this year we're going, we're rejoined by Layla Meadow Connor, the one of the founders, as well as she's so many other different aspects to her life that are about film and film festivals. We'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, welcome back to Film School Radio. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. Thank you. I am so glad that you have continued to do this. As I said, this is the second annual film festival. What did you learn from the first one that you're carrying forward into the, the second one? Wow. Well, that's a great question. What we learned from the first one was, A, that there's a huge need for this kind of uh, gathering around storytelling about issues you know, related to reproductive health care and justice. Um, that was a big impetus for going forward. We've learned that um, there are, you know, the, the virtual, while we all work, the founders, we all work for, you know, organizations that promote, you know, that and advocate for in-person film experiences. There is a real advantage to being able to reach audiences across the country and connect them with the virtual screening platform. And I think that, you know, there's still work to be done and there always will be work to be done in, in the way that the world is right now, especially in our country. Um, and so any little thing that we can do, any way that we can support the people who are telling these stories, any way that we can support the people who are doing the work on the ground, you know, it's super important. And, it, and, and one of the things about why I really appreciate you having us on is that we keep running into this with mainstream media is that, you know, this women's reproductive justice and healthcare is something that gets politicized all the time. And it becomes a black and white issue about abortion, but they're not thinking about all the other things that happen to you when you have a uterus, like postpartum, like pregnancy, like endometriosis, like fibroids, like all of these things that just like period, all of these things that come with, you know, with, with being a woman, um, whether you're a, a cis woman or a trans woman or whatever you are, that there are, there are, it's a hugely encompassing um, arena. And so it, it's, it's really hard to get that coverage um, because it comes down to advertisers and it comes down to a conglomerate saying yes or no, or we're not comfortable with how, how your festivals, your, the activist nature of your festival and things like that. So, you know, at the end of the day, what we're doing is just trying to, to showcase these stories and connect audiences and communities around these, these incredible lived experiences. You know, as you were saying that, I'm struck by how difficult it is to talk about women's health care without it defaulting to a political kind of discussion. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's it's just you say women's health care and suddenly people's antenna go up about the politics of it. They don't do that about men. Men, we could talk about men's health care all day long and nobody is going to try to pick a fight. Exactly. It's pretty, pretty amazing. There's So let's talk about the programming. Let's talk about some of the special. Yeah. Events. So we're super excited. We have three feature films this year and we have 12 short films. 
our films are 100% directed by people using she, her pronouns, which we're really excited about. Um, and 67% directed by BIPOC or AAPI filmmakers, which we're also really excited about because these are intersectional stories and they don't just happen to, uh, you know, what a group of women may be like black and brown women, there are definitely disparities and people may be you know, more likely to have certain things like fibroids. But at the end of the day, if we're not coming together as, you know, as a group of people together to talk about these things, what's the point? So we're excited about our program since we all work in the film festival space and we've all you know, spent the last 18 months looking at how that has all changed. What we really decided this year was to keep our program small so that we could put more emphasis on each film. That was really important to us to, you know, we've seen how people's viewing habits have changed. So you know, there's, there's excitement around appointment viewing. There's excitement around on-demand viewing. So we sort of combined the two. Um, and, you know, it's, it's summertime and people are vaccinated and fingers crossed they're safely outside and doing things. But, you know, we, we're just, we're seeing what, what, what works and we're trying new things. And that's the beauty of being a young organization is that we can bake these things into our organization early on. We can talk about having a virtual aspect of our festival and next year maybe doing some in-person things and we can bake in, you know, filmmaker fees and things like that and speaker fees and like, how can we make our organization equitable from the ground up is really important to us. So yes, our films are amazing. Um, we have like several call to action conversations with the filmmakers with our beneficiary organizations, all of our ticket sales go to our beneficiary organizations. We have three incredible organizations, Black Women's Health Imperative based out of DC, No More Secrets, which is founded by a mother and daughter um, based out of Philly and they, they deal with period poverty and then the Lilith Fund, which is based in Texas um, and they support abortion healthcare. So, you know, really, really incredible people doing the great work. Our Changemaker Award this year goes to Janelle Procope. She is the CEO of the Apollo Theater Foundation, um, and she will be interviewed by Alexis McGill-Johnson, who's the CEO of Planned Parenthood Federation of America. And this is a beautiful marriage of two women who are working, you know, Janelle has created so many opportunities through the Apollo Theater Foundation for underrepresented stories and underrepresented voices and, you know, be it on film or on stage, or it's just, the, the, it's the power of storytelling. And I think all of us who work in this film festival space you know, truly believe in the power of storytelling as a way to move the needle. Um, and so, you know, having Alexis come on, who's, you know, been in this, in the reproductive healthcare space to talk to Janelle is just going to be an incredible conversation. Um, and then we have the wonderful uh, Tony nominated actor, Laura Bell Bundy, um, who did uh, what we call a Yoni hour. And if you don't know what a Yoni is, you can, you can look up Yoni. Um, but she and her podcast co-host, they have a podcast called The Women of Tomorrow. Um, did a uh, great like sort of little intro conversation for us uh, that you can watch on our website. And, you know, it's just, again, just comes down to like the idea around our festival of connecting people through conversation, through humanity, and not being afraid to talk about things. Because it's like you said, we can talk about men's health, you know, and what, it, what, what really, you know, it's just, it's, it's totally, it's such a different thing, but when women are coming together and really sharing their true lived experiences, it's, um, it's, it's just, it, it allows people to feel connected and humanizes things in a way that just that otherwise doesn't happen. Let's talk about some of the special programming. You mentioned it and uh, this red alert, the fight against uh, fibroids. Um, tell us a little bit about that because 
I think I know a little, but I don't think I know enough. Um, Red Alert is an incredible work in progress film um, from director Eric, director Erica Taylor, and she um, a lot. It's a lot of her own lived experience, plus also a lot of the psychology behind why you know black and brown women have uh, received such um, inequitable healthcare, reproductive healthcare in our country, and it goes so far back as you can imagine. But it really is. We're really excited to have a conversation with her, hear more about her film. And just, again, it, it, it comes down to conversation and educating people about things that they just had no, you just don't know about the disparity unless you are part of that community. Um, and, and just being able to open your eyes to other people's lived experiences is really, is really something. People can find out more about uh, Repro Film Festival by going to R-E-P-R-O Film Fest, reprofilmfest.com. And from there, you there's uh, how you can buy tickets. There are call to action. There are a whole lot of different opportunities. There anything that uh, you would like us to sort of talk about or focus on in terms of landing on the site? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, on the site, you can, you'll find a schedule of events. If you are a pass holder, Passes are $75, so each of that $25 goes to each of our beneficiary organizations. If you're a pass holder, you can watch any festival film on demand for the entire nine days of the festival. So anytime you want to log in, you can watch any, any of the three features, or you can watch any of the 12 shorts individually. If you buy individual tickets, you have a time that you're allowed to watch each um, feature, and then you watch each shorts program as a program of, in and of itself. So tickets are $10, um, but if you want to just go for the pass, know that it goes directly to, or so do the tickets, but know that that goes directly to those three organizations and it gives you a lot more time to just sort of chill out and watch the movies on your own time. The way we planned it this year, because again, like coming from organizations that work in the film festival space a lot and having seen how things have changed over the last year and a half, um, we have conversations scheduled for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays of each week. But the middle of the week is then, the rest of the week is then like, hey, just binge watch, do, do your own thing, have your summer, and come back to us, you know? Um, so um, we're super excited about that. We have a, oh, no, one, more, one more thing I'll mention is that the actress Stephanie March, she's from Law & Order, she co-founded a wonderful makeup line called She Spoke, and they do uh, custom lipstick. And so She Spoke has partnered with Repro, to create a custom lipstick color called Labia Majora. And you can go onto the She Spoke website and um, you can get your lipstick from your limited time edition lipstick. I wanna see, you know, I, I haven't seen any men's health organizations creating a beauty product like that. And you can get your lipstick um, and a portion of those proceeds also go to our beneficiary organizations. So we're really happy about all these partners and all these people who are willing to lend their you know, time and platform and talents to this cause. And we're just excited to see where this goes from here. That's fantastic. We're speaking with the one of the co-founders of Repro Film Festival. That would be Leela Meadow-Connor. And uh, along with, I'll just mention the other two, Mallory Martin and Debbie Samples also were part of the founding. This is the second year. And there are just, again, reprofilmfest.com all those things that we just talked about. I do want to pull you a little bit apart, your other hat that you, you wear sure. uh, in, in, uh, and that is you're the executive director of the film festival Alliance and founder of mama.film. This last year has been pretty brutal for the uh, theaters and for especially independent theaters who 
screen a lot of the independent films that we've come to know and love. Certainly I do. And just curious, how are we? Where are we at in terms of uh, theatrical, the state of things? Oh, such a good question, Mike, because, you know, I feel like with independent cinemas, you know, things looked like they were sort of turning the corner and then we have Delta and I just, you know, saw a headline that said people are afraid to go back to cinemas again. But I will say that NATO, the National Organization of Theater Owners, has been incredible to art house cinemas um, and have, have given them a lot of guidance about getting these um, SVOG grants, the Shuttered Venue Grants, and a lot of, of art house cinemas have gotten them, which is incredible for them and will really help sustain them. Film festivals, though, I feel are sort of, you know, they're in a different boat a little bit because it was really easy for them to go virtual for so many of them. I would say 90% of the festivals that are members of, of Film Festival Alliance have had a virtual edition over the last 18 months. And, you know, they don't have a brick and mortar that they have to take care of and they have to cover the overhead for. And translating, you know, a program of film onto, and Cleveland was a great example of one of the, my co-founders, Debbie Mallory, worked for the Cleveland Film Festival, was one of the first that went digital. And they had an amazing, amazing festival in 2020 um, with huge engagement. And the audiences there are just incredible anyway, but they did such a wonderful festival. And I feel like, you know, while it was so it was so easy for film festivals to put their programming online I think the next big thing that we're going to see this year and we're already seeing is like how do you drive that audience engagement you know online because that's the piece that's missing how do you recreate parties how do you recreate events like everyone's tired of being on zoom you know so what are those what are those ways and I see a lot of festivals going hybrid and you know we had Tribeca in June in New York City doing their outdoor screenings. We have other festivals, like I said, I think um, Indie Shorts just had a festival in in, uh, Indianapolis, at some indoor venues. And I think we'll see some more of those coming up in the fall. And, you know, we saw Sundance announced yesterday that they'll be doing their in-person, but everyone has to be vaccinated, which I'm all for. So it'll be so it'll be really interesting to see what happens, especially with, with the Delta variant and, you know, how that's going to affect fall festivals um, and, and, and their plans, I guess. Yeah, we live in interesting times, that's for sure. And I, I do think in, in some ways, uh, independent filmmakers, documentary and narrative are there's just so many great films out there um, now and. I mean, it's not that they won't be seen, but it it there is nothing like a theater experience and to sort of not only to go out and to be social, but also it's the experience. When you're in a theater, it's different than sitting on your living room couch, watching a great movie and being affected by it. But it's another whole experience to do it in a collective setting. I think we need that. I think as humans, we need to be social. And so... But also we need to be safe. And those are the things that we're all kind of struggling with at this point, vaccinated. Well, I mean, everybody I know is vaccinated, but it's all the people I don't know and all of the other craziness that's surrounding all of that. Yeah, and I totally agree with you about the communal experience of movie going. I mean, there's nothing like watching a movie in a a cinema with other people. I finally went back like a few weeks ago and I saw Zola. I'm only like a few people in the theater, but like, Sitting with a few of my friends and watching the movie definitely made me appreciate it more than I would have, you know, sitting at home watching it on my computer or on my phone, which I do sometimes even. And, and we know the world is moving in different in a different direction. So how are we going to translate that experience? You know, what is that going to look like going forward? That that sort of like, even if you're not sitting there watching it with the person, how are you getting together to talk about it? You know, there it's just that that connectivity around movies and 
you know, I, I can't think of like a time when I would go to a coffee shop or something, you know, in the last before COVID and hear somebody talking about a movie they saw with their friend or hear somebody talking about some, it's just such a connector and such a, a pivotal part of like our society. And so, you know, I, it's sad to not hear that, like that, you, that people are talking about it, but they're talking about, oh, did you watch that on Netflix or did you watch that on Hulu or, you know what I mean? And, the, and those are the platforms that are, you know, programmed by algorithms. And when you have your cinemas and your festivals, those are the programs, those are the, they're programmed by human beings who are catering to their community. And so, you know, how, I, I just hope we don't lose that. And I don't think we will. I have really, you know, I have hope for that. I have hope for cinematic spaces. I'm on the board of the Vidiots Foundation and Vidiots just launched their, um, uh, relaunched their uh, construction. They're reopening in the historic Eagle Theater at Eagle Rock next next year, hopefully. So we just relaunched um, the support has been incredible. Ryan um, Johnson and Karina Longworth gave a huge matching gift. So, you know, there are people who still really believe in that cinematic experience. And I, and I do feel hopeful about it. I mean, one of the biggest things that movie going will have to compete with over the next couple of years when things go back to a sem semblance of normal is that because again, movies were so easily transferable during the pandemic. Like you could just go online, you could watch anything, you know, the HBO, Warner Brothers, all that stuff. Um, you know, we have to compete with the with going out to restaurants and going to theater and going to, you know, performances like that. But I do feel that we will get back to a space where that connectivity around cinema is going to be like vital to, you know, the arts and our, and our humanity. I, I come from a repertory. We used to call it art house theater. I was a projectionist <clears throat> at one of the two art houses here in Orange County. And so for a couple of years, I was, we had five double bills a week at the theater. So we, you know, I was immersed in cinema. That's how I sort of became this, why I'm sitting here today is a lot to do with the fact that I was watching five double bills a week as a projectionist. And I, this appreciation of being out and you're absolutely right. I don't think we'll ever get over the fact that we need to be social and, the, and there is a, something about that and seeing a, a film on in the comfort of your own home is wonderful, but it diffuses the impact of the film. If it's a documentary, if it's a powerful narrative film, you you're, you're watching it, you know, when you watch it, but when you go to a theater, you might walk out with two or 300 other people who have seen it. And that's the way that you sort of build this kind of consensus around certain things. I think it's just an important part of our society that we need to, we need to make sure happens again. Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for your work, not only uh, as uh, the director, executive director of the Film Festival Alliance and founder of Mama Film, Mama.Film. Is there anything you want to say about Mama.Film? Um, no, Mama Film is, a, so we operate a micro cinema here in Wichita, um, although we are probably going to be reassessing that just because, you know, operating a micro cinema in a, is, is a lot of work when it's, when you're not <clears throat> making any money from it. No, I mean, Mama Film is a is the proud parent organization of Repro, and we're just um, excited to see where this festival takes us and and where Repro takes us in the future. And um, you know, I think we've we've over in the last year we've created quite a footprint for ourselves. Um, so now it's really just about engaging people, engaging audiences. And one thing I do just want to say because it's been brought up in a couple of conversations is. 
one of the most impactful things that somebody said to me after last year's repro was from a, a friend of mine who's a man. And he said, Leela, thank you for this because this is one of the only times I felt like I've been able to participate in something that like where I didn't feel like I was uh, sticking out like a sore thumb or, you know, where, you know, where I could be, where I was able to learn and really feel like I had access to things and like access to information and I could, and I could really take it all in. And I think that that's really important too, is to think about that it's not just a festival for women. It's not just a festival for, you know, certain type of person or certain women of a certain age. It's really a festival for everybody because there's so much out there that people just don't know about and ourselves included. We learn something every time we have a conversation with somebody. Fantastic. Again, it's the Repro Film Festival. You can go to reprofilmfest.com. And from there, you can take off, take, go where your heart takes you from there. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank the founder, one of the co-founders, Leela Meadow-Connor for joining us again this year. And I look forward to more conversations about this as well as about film theaters and film alliances and all the things you're working on. So I look forward to another conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.